Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. It is a new month and a new theme at the Gals Guide Library, and this month we are celebrating the bicentennial of Hamilton County Gals by shining a spotlight on Hamco Gals. That's right, I'm calling them Hamcos. Uh, so speaking of which, this show and this month is all about Hamco Gals themselves. Uh, let me introduce you to my gal pals for this month that are all Hamilton County Gals. So first up, uh, is not the president of Gals Guide, Katie Young, because she is running a little bit late. So Katie's going to join us later. So, you know, don't miss out. It's going to be great. Uh, so next up is the director of community outreach at Gals Guide. It's Barb Codlin is back, everybody. Yeah. So Barb, introduce yourself to the great people uh, and tell us how long you have been in Hamilton County. Oh, goodness. Uh, Math is involved. uh, Yeah, that that could be a stretch for me. Uh, I am Director of Community Outreach, as Leah said, here at Gals Guide. I've been hanging out with this uh, wonderful group for several years now. And let's see, how long? I moved over in, um, I want to say, I moved into Hamilton County probably in... 90 early 90s okay so yeah there you go my daughter was born in 98 i've at least been here since then yeah we were here a handful of years before that so uh nice 25 30 ish years look at that yeah, yeah. Fantastic. it feels like home now right exactly you know yeah very much so <laughs> I dig it. Well, next up, hot off of race weekend. We're extremely lucky to actually have her back on the show. And so close to race weekend. It's Lisa Cardona, everybody. Yay! I'm so happy to be back. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me again. Anytime. The microphone is always open to you, darling. So (laughs) introduce yourself to the good people and tell them how long you have been in Hamilton County. I have been a Hamilton County resident since 1984. Look at that. Wow. And I'm only 22 years old, that's so amazing. I don't know how that's possible. Know how that Time works. travel. Time travel Math is possible. is a mystery. <laughs> that too. Um, I have been involved with Gals Guide for many years. Um, it's one of my favorite places. And um, I'm just so darned excited to be bringing a Hamco woman to light here. Yeah! Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, as for me, I am Dr. Leah Leach. I'm back. I mean, if you really loved my uh, Sylvester Stallone impression from last month, I'm sorry it's gone. Uh, but I am the executive director of Gal's Guide, which is based right here in Hamilton County. Um, I moved here 14 years ago. I had to do the math. I wasn't really sure. Um, I moved here to be closer to my friend Debs, and also I've made movies here, and I raised my kids here. I built a library here, so that's pretty neat. Woo! Uh, but I've mostly met awesome gal pals here. Yay. Right. So uh, if you are missing the the velvety tones and introduction of our Bonbon, uh, Bonnie is finishing up her Master's of Library Science, and she's getting ready to be married as well. I'm the maid of efficiency. I'm her maid of honor and her efficient, so the maid 
state of efficiency. Very oh, nice. I like. Title. Isn't that nice? Very exactly. Nice. Um, plus, we've all had like a month off at least of the show. Um, but Bonnie hasn't. So we thought, you know what? Let's give her a wonderful like break. Uh, and then come back next month and tell us all about the awesome gals um, to share with us. So all of this is to say it's total anarchy. Who the hell knows who would go first? Because Bonnie always goes first. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it, it's going to be me because we decided mere seconds ago <laughs> of who would actually go first. And so twas decided that it shall be me. Are you ready for who I have for you? Yes. Are you? Please. Yes. Okay. Please. All right. Bring Got it. you. So I'm going to talk about the reason why Noblesville has a library. And the reason is Lulu Missy. That's right. Lulu. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of libraries because it's interesting. And it actually kind of grounds uh, of what Lulu did was so important. So a little bit of backstory is that libraries first started appearing in Hamilton County or Hamco uh, in 1856. And they stayed in this region for two reasons. Number one, grant money. And number two, women's groups. So nice combination, right? So the first two libraries in Hamilton County were in Westfield and Noblesville. And they were started because of a grant from William McClure. All right. Uh, both of the libraries did have a really bad, difficult go during the Civil War, um, which nearly killed both of them. So that was the real trying times of those uh, libraries. But I'm going to focus on the Noblesville Library because uh, it's where I live. <laughs> right. And because I love it. So for those who are not familiar with Noblesville, with our town, it was founded in 1823. The central bit of our town is the Courthouse Square. Everything kind of moves around that, and it's kind of like our seat. It is a Second Empire style with Mansford roofs, which means it slopes down and has dormer windows. I looked it up. <laughs> I'm like, how do you describe this thing? I'm like, I just know it's cool. There it's you like, go. Thank I drove you. by it today on the way. I was yeah. stopped at the light and I looked up and I'm like, I love our courthouse. See? It's beautiful. It's a second empire style. With I had Mansford no Riffs. idea. Now I, now I know. <laughs> I won't remember, but Words I know. Words are amazing. You're like, yep, that's what it is. If your mind is blank, as is mine. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, it was finished in 1879, so that's our courthouse. On all four sides of the courthouse are either restaurants, retail establishments, offices, or government buildings. And it's been that way pretty much since its construction. The names of the buildings have changed. <laughs> um, there's also been some kind of library in every single direction around the courthouse square. That's cool. North, south, east, and west. Huh. Kind of like a compass. Oh, compass is oh, our logo. See what that. I did there. So I'm going to give you a little like tour kind of like back and forth and around around the square. But the first Noblesville library was essentially a reading room, right? So not an official like checkout, but just like come and read. And it was on the west side of the courthouse. For locals, that is where the modern courthouse is where we vote. Right. We do early right. voting. That's where that is. And it was run by the Hamilton County Working Men's Association with Dr. Heyman W. Clark as support and leadership. Then when Heyman died <laughs> in 1881, the Ladies' Aid Society took over with Miss Marion Lindsay becoming the very first librarian. Oh, no. We had Marion the librarian. Yeah, we had a Marion oh, librarian. Yeah! Yes, totally. <laughs> oh, that's the first librarian of the Noblesville Library, too. Look at you. 
So the books then moved uh, to the second floor of 9th Street, which is just south of the square. So for locals, that's where the Three Rusty Nail Shop is or where Corner Cottage used to be. For three old locals. Well, Three Rusty Nails is only like a couple of years old. So that's why I'm like, I still think of it as Corner Cottage. So that's why I wanted to get... See, you're a veteran. Though. Yes, there we go. Okay, cool. I wanted to make sure I gave that kind of reference. So it's like in that area, but on the second floor. Um, then it got a little bit weird with library history. In 1883, there was a new township library. This was separate. Uh, Charles Swain was the administrator of the library, but he also owned a horse harness shop. Um, and it didn't make sense to have the harness shop on one side and the library somewhere else. So, you know, what made sense was to combine them. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) Right? So this combined the horse harness repair shop and the new library, trustees library, on the west side, which is back to the building we all vote in for early voting. So it's kind of back over there. Was was he really selling the leather-bound book? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> that would only make sense, right? Exactly. Uh, for That lasted for six years. For some reason, a little, you know, lending library in a horse shop was good for six years. But then a local businessman took it over, and they set up a collection as kind of a reading room. And that is on the north side of the courthouse in the... Lacey Building. Love it. So that gives us our Lacey Building history. And the Lacey Building is going through a historical project. So you can easily track that on the internet too. Uh, This is where Miss Jeannie Lacey was made the librarian. So the Lacey Building, Miss Lacey was the librarian. Super cute. Uh, Then thanks to the efforts of Minnie Levinson, who was president of the Library's Aid Society at the time, the two libraries were combined. So that trustees won, and then what was known as the Noblesville Reading Room were combined in 1900, and they moved to the high school building on Connor Street. Now, let me see if I can explain this. Um, So this building is about a half mile from the square. It's on the main drive. It's in a brick building, and the old entrance has a plaque on it that reads, High School. So it was the high school, uh, then it was the Boys and Girls Club, and now it's the farm offices. So it's that building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did I do a good job explaining? Well, I I knew what building, as soon as you said it, I knew what building you were talking about. There you go. But you, yes, you did do a great job. That way it's to local and to non-local of like, wait, what now? Because there is a And blocks from our houses. Yes, exactly. Yes, we can Mm. almost spit and like, and hit that building. Let's Let's not try that. Oh, okay. Oh, come on. But I like to spit. (laughs) Post-COVID, I think that's frowned upon. All right. Okay. I'll wait a year. All right. So the library library fund was created and $600 worth of new books were bought. $600. $600 in what year? I mean, that's... We're talking about 1900. So that's... That's a good chunk of change. That's a good chunk of change. We wouldn't turn that down now. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Not at all. Uh, and make those checks for any, payable for anybody to, listening. Exactly. To Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, mm-hmm. and also Gal's Guide is just fine. The bank will let it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll allow. They'll let it uh, <laughs> The early librarians um, at the new high school building uh, were Ethel Connor and Pearl Gray. There you go. Uh, but it would soon be a gal named Lulu that would turn the library around and showcase the power of women in Noblesville. So the gal that I'm talking about, that's kind of like the foundation knowledge of all these different libraries and all these different reading rooms and all this haphazardness. Enter Lulu. So Lulu Missy was born into a family of doctors in 1877. Her grandpa, David Missy, was the first physician in Noblesville. 
Um, besides going away to college, she spent her whole life at 1104 Connor Street. <laughs> um, when Aww. she went away to college, uh, well, first she attended Noblesville High School, right? Mm-hmm. Just right down the street. Uh, she also worked at the school library inside Noblesville High School. She also worked at the city library, which was also in Noblesville High School. It is a big I building, see, and it was a big I building. I see a pattern here. Um, it was very nice that everything was on the same street of like where she <laughs> lived and where she worked and all that kind of good stuff. So she went to Earlham College in Richmond, Indiana. And then Earlham was a, is was and is a religious school, but it was founded on strong Quaker values. I love this, such as integrity, commitment to peace, social justice, mutual respect, and community decision making. That's right. That is how Lulu was educated. <laughs> I say this with a little bit of slant at what's coming up in future. Anyway, uh, she also went to Butler University in Indianapolis. And she graduated from Library College at Chautauqua, New York. Oh, nice. So that's where she actually had to go for Library College, y'all. New York. <laughs> when she graduated from Library College, I just like calling it that, uh, Lulu <laughs> took over the 4,000 book collection at the Noblesville Library. So that's how many books were in their collection when she took it over. She recognized right away that there was two problems. Number one, uh, properly categori- categorizing the books and space. Does this sound oh, familiar? My goodness. As I look around <laughs> at the room that we're in. Uh-huh. Right? Exactly. Lots. Yeah. No, it's quite interesting. These problems are repetitive, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but when it came to cataloging the books, her problem was a situation of combing through the various books from the various reading rooms. Um, so some of them were uh, reading rooms, trustee libraries, city libraries. So it was combining all of those into one collection um, and, you know, removing any stamping or anything that designated that they needed to go to a separate area. So it was kind of coming up with that system that she learned in library college of how to categorize them all together. But the bigger issue was space. Uh, the bigger kids were actually overcrowding the little kids. There wasn't enough room for the little kids to actually get to their books. It just so happened that starting in 1893, Andrew Carnegie was giving away money to libraries. I've heard of I love, I love the Carnegie libraries. You can recognize yeah. them a mile away. They all have that same kind of stamp look on them. They, they all use the same blueprint. <laughs> yep, exactly. So this is where another grant comes in and really fuels uh, Noblesville Library. So the Carnegie Foundation would supply the money for the construction of a library if the community provided the building site, the staff, and the upkeep. That was the deal to get nice. a Carnegie library. Very nice. So the Fair ladies. Deal. Yeah, it's a very great deal, <laughs> yeah. right? So it was the Ladies Aid Society, who has already been very involved in the libraries, that said that they would supply the staff and the upkeep. So there's two out of three. Done. That just left the land. So in 1910, the city council received several hundred signatures requesting for a Carnegie library. And the council said it would take action. But weeks turned into months. Oh, Lord. (laughs) And nothing was happening. Six months went by when Lulu was tired of waiting. And so she called a meeting. (laughs) She got the high-powered ladies of Noblesville into formation. She is basically our Beyonce, if you will. (laughs) Uh, One participant referred to the meeting as, quote, a council of war. (laughs) Nice. Nice. So the ladies decided that to get the paperwork finally passed, they would need to gather all the women's groups into one spot. 
So a slight, slight sidetrack on women's groups. So women's groups during this time, and we're talking like uh, 1850 to 1920s, um, women's groups were for socializing and like discussing the issues right, of the day. Right. They were also for gossip spreading. I'm not going to, you know, diminish that at all, but it was also social standing. It was finding suitors. It was creating political movements. It was all those so, things. Networking. Networking. The, it yes. was, it was the precursor to LinkedIn. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yes. No, I like that. Yes. So the LinkedIn meetings, uh, it was also very common of women of high standing to be a member of these women clubs, women's clubs as well. And I want to mention that Noblesville, uh, uh, that also meant African-American women as well, because we actually very had a wonderful contingent. Robert Settlement is very much an example of that. And we had Mm -hmm. African-American clubs that were very in high standing in Noblesville. Uh, So at the time, here are just a few of the women's clubs that are specifically mentioned in this Council of War. The Tourist Club, the Shakespeare Club, the Sappho Club the Searchlight Club, the Women's Literary Club, the Social Culture Club, and the Ladies' Aid Society, which we've mentioned before, right? Uh, So a call was put out to all the women's clubs to gather together at the Hamilton County Courthouse. Upwards of 300 women showed up. (laughs) One by one, all the clubs voiced their support for a library movement. Uh, As the town historian, the glorious David Highway, which I'm sure we are going to mention more than once during this month. Uh, He writes in his article, quote, how Lulu built a library. He said, quote, soon there were so many people to fit into the small room that had been set aside for the meeting. Mead Vistal, the circuit court judge, whose wife was in the group, offered to use the large main courtroom. That's right. The lady's got a bigger room. (laughs) So at the meeting, Lulu talked about the overcrowding, And a woman of each uh, club stood up and talked about why they would support a library. They each showed their determination to this endeavor. And the way they wanted to vote was to see who would attend the next county council meeting. In other words, if you don't do this now, we're going to stand up and let you know who's coming next time and next time and next time. Um, At that point, 300 women all stood up and one of them said, what if we brought our husbands? <laughs> that would bring it to 600 people. Another person said, what if we marched in the street on the way to the next county council meeting? <laughs> 600 strong. Ironically, or maybe haphazardly, no, I'm just saying, uh, the next day, the headlines in all of the newspapers were about the ladies being very serious about this library thing. Uh, The council met within the week, and guess what? Filled out the paperwork. Imagine. Imagine. (laughs) Amazing. Uh Uh-huh. Right. So the lot on the corner of 10th and Connor was the land that was chosen, um, And for our locals, that is where our city hall is right now. That is where the library was. The library was still there when I moved here. (gasps) Look at that! Oh my goodness. See? It stood for a very long time in that spot. Unfortunately, you're not going to believe this. I moved into a township, unbeknownst to me, that refused to fund the library and I couldn't use it. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. I (laughs) was so mad. I was living north of Noblesville Uh and I thought... Who are these hilljacks that I just moved in with? <laughs> I believe that is how the historical record sometimes refers First to them. them. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it was true. There has always been some kind of uh, pocketed animosity for a thing like a library, which I will also get to 
in mere moments. Um, but the land. So uh, the land that was purchased on June 3rd, 1911 for a sum total of $3,900, which is a large chunk of change. But Carnegie gave the city $12,500 to build the library. Construction started in May of 1912, and it opened a year later because it had a blueprint of exactly how to build this thing right, and right. to get it done. Um, David Highway, our town historian, says the only thing that remains of that Carnegie library is the cornerstone that reads 1912. So that is the only thing that is left. Um, so Lulu was a very good force for the library, but her story is far from over because in 1920, she started her next project, the town's first bookmobile. Oh, Do you want to nice. hear about her bookmobile? I love yes, bookmobiles. Yes. I have such fond memories Thank from my you. youth. Yes, yeah. of the bookmobile visiting. Yes, See, yes. Was it, how did it, how did you know it was intent? Did it have a bell? Did it have a song? Was it a scheduled visit? Do I you think remember? it was, I, I don't really remember. But you I just think remember, it was like, it's there visit. and you go. Like, yeah. me and my friends would go. So, like, yeah. we all knew about it. And right. we would go visit the bookmobile during See? the summer. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. There you go. Because the way that they announce it is adorable. And I'm like, oh. I can't remember how, I, I usually, like, you know, like the Oscar Mayer hot dog? I just see it. And then I go oh. to it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know it was going to be there. I just go get yeah, the Yeah, we spidey sense tingles. And, and I need a hot dog. And then it's here. The books are somewhere <laughs> nearby. I can smell the pages. Yes, exactly. Uh, so Lulu, after visiting with other libraries and seeing other bookmobile uh, vehicles, she compared prices and she asked about the needs of the Hamilton County patrons. Like, is this something you need? Is this something that you could use? Lulu decided to use the Dodge Brothers commercial car. And these cars were also used in World War I as ambulances. So they were okay. very rugged. They were very sturdy. She bought one from W. Hare and Sons, which is the building that is right next to us. It's right outside our window. Oh. <laughs> yep. So that's where she would have bought it. Yep. Nice. Uh -huh. So uh, she sent in for the car to be custom made to include bookcases. So when the Dodge Brothers heard about her cool kit, Right? Exactly. Sorry, I'm trying to be cool. I'm not. Mm. Uh, she, But the Dodge Brothers wrote a letter to her asking, could we use your bookmobile in our ads? Could we take photos of it? Could we talk about it? So Lulu told them all about the bookmobile that she named Parnassus. That's right. Uh, his name had two meanings. Number one, there was the novel Parnassus on Wheels, which is about a book salesman by Christopher uh, Morley. It's also the Greek mountain Parnassus, which is believed to be the home of the muses. So, you know, the books are the home of the muses and all that kind of good stuff. So the Dodge Brothers put ads all over the place about this bookmobile. Uh, bookmobiles were not invented by Lulu in any shape of the world, but she did make them and Dodge very popular. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> there were visitors to the Noblesville Library from the Philippines, from the National Library of Wales, and many others from the United States came to see this bookmobile. She would answer people's letters. She would give them rides. She would make presentations. She wrote reports about the benefit of a bookmobile and reaching out to those people who could not leave their homes. Within a year, the bookmobile had 16 routes and three drivers. So Jeanette Williamson, Esther Heinzman, and Lulu. Those were the drivers nice, of the nice. bookmobile. Uh, they used an old-fashioned dinner bell to call their patrons. I love it. Isn't that cute? Oh, I love too. it. Yeah. That's precious. I love it. <laughs> they uh, carried about 300 books, and they went to 800 homes. Wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. But the very next year, a certain township decided that they didn't like to pay this much for taxes. 
Could that be the township I had moved into? Yeah. Yeah. Same one. (laughs) So uh, because it was costing them money in taxes, which they refused and violently returned the library books to the front steps of the library in protest, Parnassus was then just limited to Noblesville. It didn't go out past the county. So it was limited from 1921 to 1931. So it had a beautiful decade. Then the bookmobile was sold to a local farmer and it was used as a fruit and vegetable truck. And the bookmobile would not return until 1980. Wow. A 50-year hiatus. Mm -hmm. Sadness. (laughs) Because of one township sorry i'm staring at lisa like like she's responsible I'm, right you're I not can't even, i just I have can't, a kinship yeah I, I can't even remember what the township name was i moved from there two years later but it's white. And, and one of the first things i yeah. did was go to the library and get my library card there you go uh it's the white river township anyway so Is lulu <laughs> okay i know i feel like calling them out it's, the statue of limitations totally has gone by <laughs> And well, maybe they're on board now. Maybe yes, they're maybe on board they are now. Right? Exactly. This was yes. this was 1984. Right. Exactly. And they, they were talking were about 1920. Not on board. Right. Yes. So maybe since then. Yeah. Maybe it's totally copacetic now. Maybe. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. I hate that my next phrase is Lulu died. <laughs> Lulu day died on October 14th, 1945. I have to check, but I think that's Katie's birthday. Oh. Yeah, I can't, and I feel really bad because I know an area window of Katie's birthday, <laughs> but I will ask her. Uh, but Lulu was 68 years old, so she did have um, a good long life. Could have been longer, but she had a good life. Um, she is buried in Crownland Cemetery in Noblesville. Um, the Misi family still to this day gives money to support the public library that she built. And I will add this because I can. Uh, I sit in the audience during the board of trustees meeting um, and the board of trustees, not the library staff have no idea who Lulu is or what Lulu does. But when the director told them about who she was and why there is still a trust fund, why there is still money, a good chunk of change still being donated to the library every year, one of them asked if they could get more money from the family. Oh, my. I found it seriously disrespectful, and I just like calling them out on a podcast. But anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and let's face it, the board meetings are t- are taped. They're recorded. Yes, exactly. So yes. it's there for posterity. This is very true. Check out YouTube, folks. <laughs> yep, exactly. But I think that with all of this library drama that is happening around the Noblesville Library that we've been talking about, and as well as other libraries around the country, maybe we all need to capture that spirit of Lulu. Absolutely. And get our husbands and our spouses and our children and march in the street. (laughs) And once again, save our libraries. So, yeah. Yeah. Wanted to talk about Glorious Lulu. Very timely. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So, yes. And check out um, uh, David Highway's article, and I'll put it in the show notes too How Lulu Built a Library. Um, And she's a very fascinating uh, lady who is very, very stern. uh, And a lot of the things is, you just don't mess with Lulu, was kind of the little. (laughs) Well, and it was kind of like she let it go and she let it go and she's let it go. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, 
All right. Uh-huh. Enough of you people. Let's get organized right. and let's carry this forward. Let's get this done. It's yeah. a piece of paper yeah. that just needs to be signed right. or right. it's just more space that needs to get done right. or it's just that. Yeah. 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 Uh, she very much was, saw simple solutions to things and it's right. like, we just have to do it. Right. <laughs> right. Build yeah. a bookmobile. <laughs> she must have been, I'm sure with her family, she was very well connected to be able to mm-hmm. yes. organize that many people yeah. Quickly. around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Any questions for me about Glorious Lulu? No. I love her. I know, right? Same. Same. What a great story. Yes. She is one of my favorites. By the way, yes. Katie just walked in, and I do have a question for you. Is your birthday October 14th? Oh. Lulu died on your birthday, Katie. I oh. know, exactly. And so well, now I don't have to look well, it up and do an ad before. in the show notes. It was years yeah. before. Yeah, it was 1945, it not, was... <laughs> not the same day. Yeah. Not the same day. So, yes. But exactly. maybe when you raise a glass yes, there for you your go. birthday, you can also raise a glass for Lulu. There you mm-hmm. go. Yes, yeah. I love it. All right. Well, should I wrap us up and then have Katie join us next time? Absolutely. <gasps> I oh, love this idea. All right. Well, that wraps it up for today's glorious episode. So, join us next week as our next cool gal shares a woman of history. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>